Oh man. My life my life's a disaster right now, dude. You think so? Well, I didn't I didn't even get a cup of Three coffee. Holes. Oh you didn't I'm get a cup of coffee? No, see. I, I don't have anything to say. Cup zero. On. I don't know what I'm doing to myself, man. Ooh. Is it? Does it count as a are you breaking? No, are you breaking no, your stuff? Nothing to it. Zero. No, it's zero everything? Zero everything. No. Zero everything. You gotta have a flavor in your mouth. Zero everything right there. Dude, that's like the new new bubbly or buble as some people the call buble. it. The buble. It's the tricking your body fast. Oh. Non fast. So you're it's like <laughs> drinking broth. You're like, I'm eating no, soup. No, because but the I'm broth not. actually will break your fast. Really? Oh yeah, why wouldn't it? It's got calories. That's interesting. So then when you're fasting, why wow. can why can you eat you drink choose. broth? You can't. You just choose to okay. what you're going to fast. Like some people do like the beans and rice fast, so they only eat beans and rice. Mm-hmm. Okay. Some people fast and don't drink any kind of carbonated thing. Hmm. Then other people fast by only doing broth. That's what I did. Just, just broth. You're not really getting full. <laughs> well, I did that by by your, well, not know, your my recommendation. recommendation I know. It was like it what was, we did. That's, that was our agreement. Right. was right. like. You can so just only, broth only a little bit. Broth. Yeah, but it's really but like was, 10 calories. I mean, we're talking okay, okay, We're okay. not talking about anything. So they said something about that if you, or maybe you were telling me this, that if it's under a certain amount of calories, it won't, it doesn't break your fast. Oh, I don't know. My mom might have said that. Because my mom, here's what's funny. She's like fasting and doing her thing. So I asked mm-hmm. her and she goes, oh no, you can't, you can't have um, like Splenda because Splenda will break your fast. And I was like, mom, yeah. it's nothing. It's zero. And then we were talking, and she's like, I was like, man, I don't know what to do about my breath. She goes, oh, I, I chew gum. And I was like, uh, gum has a lot of calories, and it has all that fake sugar stuff. She goes, oh, I can't give up gum. Oh, so, <laughs> so it's like, conditional. Yeah, it was all Come conditional on. based on what she oh, was convenient man. for, you know? So <laughs> that, I, need to, I need to have a conversation with need her. To like, yeah, you need to like. Because she's still, she. you know how I, like, your voice pops up in the in the back of my head whenever I do the, the go in the back door and set the yeah, alarm yeah, off yeah. on accident? Yeah. Her voice, or her her face pops in my head when I think about breaking my fast. And I think about her like. Do you actually think about just, breaking your fast? Uh, Not so much anymore, but when I first started. Those first two weeks, um, man. Oof. Yeah, they were, they were a little tough. That was brutal. But what, now that my body's like kind of in a, in a rhythm. Uh, for those of you who don't know, we're talking about intermittent fasting, not just like fasting all. It's the so new wave of the future, intermittent fasting. We've got some uh, some different things rolling. We're, we're testing some different things out, pushing our bodies to the limit, you know? I just uh, need to figure out how to work out and oh, dude. fast. Monday, Wednesday, Friday, 6 a.m., baby, let's go. Uh, you're always welcome. I wasn't welcome. taking my kids to school, I would do it. I'm but. actually, there's part of me that's glad you're not working out with me. Oh, you because, don't. Because, dude, you, when, when you were squatting, I'm like, there was one day when you were just dropping squats, and I was like, <laughs> who is this guy? Like, it was, it was well, like, I gotta day, tell you what Ruben did. It was like did. day three for you, dude. Now, Ruben's a turd because. What? So I did that that day, and the next day he shows up with this um, caramel trail mix candy, or not candy, but like <laughs> it was like a trail mix. And I was like, "What are you doing to me?" And he goes, "Well, you got to stop you from all those squats." Like, dude, and I was, he was like, no, "I'm just trying to serve you." And I was on. like, "Dude, you're killing me with this." It was truly a hard to serve because I found I out know, that you man. loved him. I yes, found out that I you know. loved him, 
and I've been trying to avoid him, and then there, you brought him. Well, to me. I didn't know. That's it like was, it, there was no, there was no. Ill Remember the will. last episode? There was only love in my heart <laughs> when I bought those for you. Only mm. love. Not there was no sabotage in my I felt mind. Sabotage no. well, a little bit. That well, because you said, okay. how can I stop Ray from some from okay. surpassing? No, me that how that physically. was how you received it. So let's, no, you told let's, me that. Let's double click on this. This is a year second. and a half ago, and you told me that's what you're doing. The no. Yes, you said, how can I slow you down, Christy? What is Ray's favorite snack? No, that is a lie. I, that's you, what I remember. Okay, that's what well, I remember. you have you have a very <laughs> okay, evil I need mind. To, then. So I need to. <laughs> what do you mean, evil mind? You that's, told me that. No, I did you're like, not. <laughs> that's not true. Uh, you're you're you are tainting my reputation with all. So of do our I need listeners. to change my mind? <laughs> yeah, you need to. And we're gonna we're gonna open this up for a second Let's because do Let's do it because you are what. Okay, yeah, but if you're fasting and if you're trying to eat right, do I ever bring you like a candy bar, your favorite foods like Butterfingers or whatever your favorite? Do I do that to you? No, it was, uh, it was unknown to me that you were trying to uh, that's avoid not what those I remember. things. It's not what I remember. Well, you have a false memory. <laughs> okay, I need. So to. what do we? What, okay, let's let's talk about that for a second. Don't let how, me be misunderstood. You, <laughs> that's such a good bumper, dude. Okay, so how do we f- like? If you remember something differently than I remember something, it's a problem, isn't it? How do you how do you even settle on that? I don't know. Like, because so, it wasn't that big a deal. Like, no, you're I right. just knew it, it was like sabotage. It wasn't though. But it was felt... only love in my heart. I was in Sprouts, and you popped so in my good, head, man. and I was like, you know what? I can't stop. I love my friend, and. I know, passing me in the workout, I know so I gotta like something to slow these. down. No, that was not true. <laughs> However, you were you were squatting a lot of weight, and I was like, "Who?" I was like, "What just happened?" You, this is like day three, and this dude's just throw put more on. Hey, put more on. And Here's I'm my like, problem with all on? the all that is that I have a tendency to like like do that, and then I get these shoulders that I can't put in a shirt anymore, and I hate that. Which is I like thin. Like, I like thin muscle. Okay, then trade me bodies, dude. Because <laughs> I'm like, I've been trying to like, like grow I don't muscle, go, and I'm just like, all I, all I. Oh, you're strong. Grow is you're fat. strong. I'm though. strong, but well, you don't need to look strong as long as you're strong. I kind of want to look strong. What? There's part of me that like wants to. Yeah, but like, some of those guys, man, can't even scratch their heads. Yeah, that's okay. That's They're too like, far. Ugh. I can't even touch my face, you know. Oh, it's like they got this, all the muscles. I wish this was recorded, like video recorded, because that was so good. He's like, I can't, I can't scratch my nose. Can you scratch my nose for me? Yeah, dude. Adrian. Oh no. Yeah, I don't. I have zero desire. And and now this days of my life that I'm, you know, have four kids and like my goal is simply. I don't even really have a goal. I just want to be healthy. I want to be healthy and Me active too. and be able to like run around the backyard with my kids and not feel like the moment I get home, I need to just lay on the couch. So you still Which, have small kids. My kids are oh older, God. so I'm not as concerned about running around with them, but I do want to be ready for, you know, in the next 10 years, grandkids. That, that'd be, that's what I want to be ready for. Yeah. That's a, that's a good, that, that's a good, uh, goal i guess yeah that would be a goal to say i want to i want to be able to play with my grandkids well that's what set me on the path when lily was a baby i couldn't get on the floor and play with her and i was like i gotta change this you're pretty heavy back then i was big so i was like i gotta change this so that's what that's what set me on my first path 
Mm. So if I keep my grandkids, future grandkids in mind, you know, I'm not ready for them like, you know, next year or anything, but in the next, yeah, in the next God, 10 years, no, you know, yeah. yeah, in the next 10 years, you know, I'd be okay with that. So. Well, just as long as you don't approach it like you do the Rockies. That's true. Uh, you'll, you'll get there. That's true. Here's the, man, I got to apologize for last episode. I, I listened to it <laughs> and I was pretty aggressive. I don't know. It was like I was on steroids or something, but hmm. with the fingernail clippers and the, just the stuff, I was like pretty dogmatically aggressive. So mm. don't touch my fingernail clippers, but <laughs> oh, yeah, <laughs> I need that, to back up a little I, bit. I forgot. Yeah. I forgot about that, that part of the conversation. You need to, you're going to. I guess I you just can wait to. till next episode, but you need to apologize for this one too. Because you think, you may, yeah, because you said I sabotaged you, dude. That was wrong. I remember some saboteur. Well, that was not true. Well, it's I weird. Only, I, I had can that tell conversation, you, man. I can tell you, no, I can tell you that I only had love in my heart for you. <laughs> I was trying to do something kind, and to you know what? Because I enjoy being thought of. Oh, you know, oh. let's talk about that for a second. Enjoying being thought of. One of our. Uh, Oh yeah, loyal listeners. We I always close our podcast with a good old yeet, yeet even though he tries me, not to. <laughs> she sent me a sticker, so thank you, Rachel, for sending sending me that Rochelle. sticker. <laughs> Rochelle, don't call her Rochelle. Rochelle. Oh, is that? <laughs> oh no, that, I'm just saying. Okay, it's Rachel. Yeah, Rachel, I thoroughly enjoy my sticker, and it is definitely my favorite sticker that I have on my. And you got quite a few. I do. I have I have a ton of stickers. I almost can't see my bottle anymore. Yeah. What do you do with a bottle that gets covered in stickers? Do you keep putting stickers on top of stickers? Yeah. Or do you stop? I've covered some up. But, I mean, it just seems like weird, I had, doesn't it? Well, no. Like the New Roots uh, coffee one, oh, same yeah. size as um, Black Rifle coffee. And just covered I'm up Black like, Rifle? Oh, yeah, covered it up because... I really don't I don't subscribe to Black Rifle and not that I have anything against them I just they're not in my normal routine of coffee drinking and so So would you new cover roots up had purpose coffee slingers with new roots coffee Heck no I actually need to get a new slingers I don't even know if I have um, one I need one I I just need oh, you know I what I need have, to I do I think I did have one I just need to get a bottle wrap of slingers Hey there <laughs> just you go Just one one thing Pink I uh I have gone to Slingers more in the last couple of weeks than I've gone in months. Mm. But since we have our little thing downstairs, man, I don't, we can make our own. I actually, yeah. Um, it's kind of messed me up. I, yes, it's truly messed me up. It's like it's like having a good steak. Yeah. And then being like, oh, I don't want to go to Texas Roadhouse anymore. Mm. So that's kind of how Longhorn, I feel. I'll go like to Longhorn. My, my, uh, <laughs> my coffee set up at home is collecting some dust i would say oh i think so too i do uh i do the french press at home so that's in my easy go-to coffee at home i had one this morning but once mm. you come to the office man that that's messed up drip coffee for me like on sunday morning the drip coffee i'm just like eh, i'll just make myself a <laughs> americano right here <laughs> oh, it does bad. it does taste it's super smooth and man so good it's good so good. Hey, um, I don't know if you have anything else to talk about, but I was going to chat with you about yesterday. Mm-hmm. So we're going to try to do something different on the rabbit hole ramble. Um, we've told you before, we're pastors. We speak 
but our speaking is like constrained to this 25, 30 minute window. Mm-hmm. Um, man, yesterday, dude, you came up on stage and like, you haven't spoke on, spoke on stage in a while and you're like, let's go. Oh, did That's I? It's good, man. First go? service. Okay. And then second service, I was like, crap, you're not here. I'm sorry. So Christy came up second service at the end. Oh, she was feeling better. Nah, I mean, but she, she just pushed she through. She toughed it out. Oh, she pushed man. Through. Yeah. Sorry, Christy. I, I didn't realize that I. You'll have to send her a note because she's not going to hear yeah, this episode. She'll never hear this. So, <laughs> so sorry. I hope she doesn't hear last week because that was a little. Like I said, I need to like slow down a little bit for my brutality. Yeah, I well, felt I felt like it was really place. aggressive. So I, you know, it could have been aggressive, but I was I was tracking with you. I mean, I have things that I'm very particular about, which I. I got accused this whole whole <laughs> this morning of my whole life being particular or or picky. <laughs> well, okay, so Ruben is very, which was said in a good a perfectionist. way. Perfectionist, uh, yeah, I, like in some things. Well, no, in all things, I I actually have to fight against it. In yeah. the last several years, I've had to when I work on a project, I intentionally leave something. Not like a major thing that's like, uh, this thing's going to fall apart if you like touch it. Like crooked or cockeyed yeah. or anything. But but I, um, there are spots, even when we remodeled the loft, that Only not, you know about that. Correct. But as part of my ability to walk away and say, it doesn't have to be perfect. Well, and I don't know if uh, like artists don't, they it's never right, never perfect. Hmm. So it's really unsettling when when something's not how you want it to be. But I, this morning, <laughs> walked in and you were talking about the coffee machine because I was like, you're like, you left me trashed here. And I was like, dude, I did everything. What are you talking about? And you're like, look. And there was like this little tray and it had little coffee grounds, barely any coffee grounds in the bottom. And I was like, I thought that was supposed to be in there. You're like, no, it's got to be cleaned out. And I'm like, I'm never doing that. <laughs> never. <laughs> and you're like... What do you mean never? And I was like, I don't think every single time I make an Americano, what do you want me to do? Not do it? <laughs> Just not make one? So every time you make an Americano, I got to clean the, the tray out where the stuff falls into. On It's supposed to fall into. That's what I yeah. do. Well, like I said, and then someone I walked in and leave. said, I said, yeah, you're really particular. And then you said, am I particular? And someone else said. What, your you whole life? Well, your whole life? <laughs> yes. I was like, ooh. ooh. <laughs> but. They said it in a good way. It was way. a good. It was a good way yeah, because yeah. I think through, she she said it in the in the perspective of I I don't do anything just right because I'm I'm very calculated person. Yeah, that's good. Calculated. Sometimes that gets in the way though. So yesterday right. we talked about uh, spiritual gifts. Oh yeah. And so, uh, is there? I don't know if there's any comment or commentary or feedback, but um, in scripture just to kind of set the stage for everybody or set kind of like bring everybody up to speed. But in scripture, it talks about um, Jesus gave his life for the church. Jesus told his disciples he was going to leave and he was going to send the spirit or the comforter or the Mm -hmm. advocate to be with believers, people that follow Jesus. And he said this would be better than him being there because the spirit will live in you. So -hmm. Jesus was like on the outside walking with the disciples he said the spirit would be in you well then you keep on learning the you keep on reading through scripture you know in the gospels matthew mark luke john and the book of acts and then you see in romans and corinthians there is this gift 
of the Spirit, or gifts of the Spirit, plural. And so we talked about that yesterday because of the that's a misunderstood um, aspect of being a follower of Jesus is that we should expect the gifts of the Spirit like they are in Scripture to be present today. So what are your thoughts or what's your what's your um, kind of follow-up on that conversation? One of the things, and um, if you want to know more in-depth about what we talked about, you can go watch the service. But um, it was super interesting to me. I had not really had the thought before to actually, uh, Paul specifically says, to desire um, the most helpful gifts. And I love how he, he framed that up. Number one, I had never... To, to my recollection, I had never had the thought of actually seeking a gift or asking for a gift. Um, partly just my mentality growing up and, and being raised in, like it was something that the Lord granted, which I think Paul makes very clear, is that they are gifts that are given by God, uh, by his grace, not because we've done anything to merit those gifts, um, or to even earn them. Um, they are, uh, given by God and, and God alone, but he says, desire the most helpful gifts, earnestly desire the most helpful gifts. I think that is what he says. And I was like, man, when you said that, or I think it was, uh, Derek said, we should actually pray that God would grant us the gifts that are most helpful. And that has some heavy implications with it because a a lot of times when we are seeking a gift or like take Christmas, for example, right? Like the question is, Hey, what do you want for Christmas? Mm. Well, my mind immediately goes to what do I want that's going to most benefit me in this season of my life or what I'm into right now or my hobbies or whatever the case may be. It's all about what's most going to benefit me. Paul says, desire the most helpful gifts. So if you flip that kind of on its head, it's to say, how, how do you desire God to gift you? And it actually has nothing to do with my benefit at all. It's looking at the church around you, looking at the, the people that God has placed in our, in our local church and the people that he's entrusted to our care, and everyone saying, man, what's, what's needed in this, in this congregation or in this gathering or collective of people that um, is needed for us to be healthy and functioning to where mm-hmm. uh, the love of God is so evident that the world is drawn to it? Yep. So somebody to to desire a gift and Paul says that are the most helpful gifts would be require me to look outside of myself and say what gifts do I not to say what gifts do I want to benefit me and to put me on a pedestal or to build my kingdom or to get praise from other people but it would truly be to say what can I desire of the Lord that would most benefit the people that he's put in my life. Yep. And that's a like, it was just so humbling to think about that from that perspective. And then when you see people doing it, like there's people that 
my mind was flooded with people who just love people so well yeah. in our church and who serve people so well on a consistent basis, a faithful basis, and don't desire anything in return. And it's just, I was so overwhelmed with um, gratitude yeah. to have the opportunity to be one of the pastors at Bethel Community Church and to see how God is working in and through the lives of the people that he's entrusted to us. Well, one of the things that people think is like, okay, so if I want to desire gifts for the service of others, man, that just means more I have to do. Mm -hmm. And really that's not the motivation behind the, the spiritual gifts or the gift of the spirit. It's truly flooded with the desire to be beneficial, but also the desire to be used of God as a conduit. Mm -hmm. I, uh, I really like what Derek said when he, he felt most alive. Yeah. Um, and so when we think about our gifting, we, we, you know, we've been in places in life with people, we're spending time with people, or we've been on a vacation trip, or we've been at the beach or the mountains or whatever. There's certain things that just bring us alive. And I think when you think about spiritual gifting or think about the gifts of the Spirit, we think, oh, it's going to be this burden maybe, or it's going to be something that's going to be confusing or chaotic, but truly it's when we come alive when we're sharing or when we're serving others in the in the way of spiritual gifts i um coming alive is interesting when you put it in the context of jesus when he says i've come to give you life to give it more abundantly um it's almost like putting glasses on that will help you see the world better mm-hmm. uh, or putting glasses on internal if you can't sleep like me i have to wear right. contacts every day so it's like you can't see clearly, but then as soon as you put it in, boom, you can see all the more clear. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I mean, I, I I, think it's misunderstood as far as what the gifts are and what they're not. And I think one of the biggest fears in my upbringing has been the misuse of gifts or the, oh, it, it's a distracting thing, you know, where it, where mm-hmm. it calls attention to oneself. And I think... um as we saw yesterday, the church at Corinth, where Paul is talking to the church, we would say that they kind of abuse the gifts as well, and that doesn't mean that they're not mm-hmm. of the Spirit or not something that the Spirit would ask us to, to to ask for, you know, to desire. Right, and you look at 1 Corinthians 12 through 14, and mm-hmm. um, that was a scenario where people were truly desiring a gift so that they could feel better about themselves right? because there was one gift in particular speaking in tongues that was made out to be the best gift or the gift as some would uh, refer to it as that was an identifier Mm. of someone who had been um, redeemed. And so like, it was almost a way for people to seek a, a way to prove that like they badge. were in. Yeah. yeah. And, and, and instead of desiring it so that they could benefit others, they desired it so that they could benefit from themselves and right. prove to others that they were, they were something when really it's of the Lord anyways, like right. any, any of the gifts that we see in scripture, whether, uh, and, I don't know that this is the place to get into the debate of which ones exist and which ones don't or which ones ceased or whatnot. It's right. it's the reality is I'm not God and I don't, I'm not in control of the gifts. Yeah. And I like, so because I've not seen 
um, some of the gifts expressed or manifest in my lifetime, I'm not ready to throw the the baby out with the bathwater and to say, well, nothing, nothing exists because I'm not in charge of it. Like it's not up to me to determine per se. And maybe there's people listening that think like, man, this dude's an idiot, (laughs) but I just, um, I don't know. I think God is, I only know Western American church context. Hmm. And I think there's ways that God is working around the world. There's stories that you hear from missionaries and ways that God has uh, really um, made himself known to different communities and to different people that we would think are weird and chaotic and like, uh, I've never, I've never experienced something like that. So it must not be true. And one of the things that Derek said yesterday, uh, that I think he was hinting at, maybe he didn't frame it up like this was that we're afraid of, uh, oftentimes we're afraid of what we don't understand yep. or what we can't control. And the gifts of the spirit are one of those things is like, I'm not in charge of what, when they show up, I'm not in charge of, who they show up through. I'm not in charge of any of that. And so that's scary to me because we want to be able to have this controlled um, So what you're telling me faith. is it's okay to have coffee grounds in the bottom of the tray. Well, if I want to control it, no. <laughs> and if, if I am in charge... No. <laughs> so you're in charge of the coffee. I'm asking. Right? I, I don't I don't know that I am. <laughs> That's so funny. But in that moment No, but I agree in that, that moment I felt like I kinda know what kind of are. Yeah, your name's on it, that's for sure. <laughs> <laughs> no, I do think that there's this unknown and is are the gifts present today? There's no verse or passage that says they're not, but I do think that we as a church culture have decided which ones we are comfortable with or not. Yeah. And so we, we kind of take it into our own, like, uh, what, what we, what we can understand, you know what I'm saying? What we can understand and what we can't understand. And I, I do think that, um, I've seen, I've seen misuse. And I read today that there's no word in scripture as a sign gift even though we grew up saying, oh, the sign gifts have stopped. You know what I'm saying? Up or ceased. Yeah, like they've or ceased whatever, or yeah. they've gone away. And it's interesting because that word doesn't appear, even though in Acts it was a sign that someone came that was a that was redeemed, like a Gentile, like someone that was a non Jew. Mm-hmm. They needed some kind of sign that said, Oh, this person's actually been redeemed. So the tongues or the you know, that that moment um happened so that there was a sign to the not to the Jewish people that oh these people are in as well you know what I'm saying it's like a mm. it was like a badge or an entrance um, for them but I think um there's there's no word there's not a sign word there's not a cessationism or continuationism those words aren't in scripture they actually you know they don't they don't exist we've we've come up with those and yeah, uh, right, I was right, I was yes. thinking why do we have to label things I mean there's there's something interesting about theological church stuff is that we have to label things in order to understand them. Mm-hmm. And so we end up labeling things and have to put yourself in these camps, which is, you know, we're talking about the spirit. You have to be either charismatic or 
um, mm. whatever non-charismatic is, you know, it's like, uh, right. I don't know if non-charismatic means serious. <laughs> I, don't yeah. know, I don't know what the, I don't know what the other camp is, but you, you're either charismatic or not, or you're reformed or you're not, or you're, um, you know, pre-trib or mid-trib or post-trib when you're talking about the end times, mm-hmm. or you're dispensational or covenant or, you mm-hmm. know what I'm saying? Like you have all these terms and I think it's because like, like you said earlier, we feel like we have to understand or yeah. we have to we have to be able to define it and put it in a box because once we can define it and put it in a box then we're then we can move on to the next thing we can't understand right mm. but then when you come to the supernatural god and you think about just the trinity just just the just the idea of the father son and the spirit being one i don't know if we can ever define that yeah, i mean how can you, you ever truly understand what that is yeah i think oftentimes we take um, we take things that are outside of our ability to understand, and we tr- we truly try to minimize them. Mm. We minimize the power of God to bring it to a level to where we can wrap our minds around it. And I think um, that's where the conversation gets derailed or put on hold or uh, even um, pushed under the rug because people aren't like, and, and that's... I, one of my favorite things about this podcast is that we don't feel the pressure to like land anywhere. Right. We're simply just having a conversation and, and, and okay with the questions. Right. And the unknowns. Like I think part of it is our desire to no longer have to be curious about things. Like we want to Mm -hmm. be able to say, settled that done, moving on to the next thing. Put it in my backpack. Now I can move on to the next things. I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. And then, uh, what does that do though? Like, I mean, it closes off of our mind to a conversation or a possibility that maybe God worked in a way that <laughs> we didn't understand or that didn't make sense, or we had a really difficult time reconciling, man, there's so many things that happen in our lives that we can't point to a definitive one size fits all answer. <laughs> and that's either really frustrating or you can allow it to awake curiosity about who God really is. Yeah, how small we really are in the yeah. in the vast. We already have this intuition that we're that we're meaningless in the vast universe, and yet all we know is what's right in front of us and what we're experiencing mm-hmm. on a daily basis. So we end up bringing the world down to our experience, mm-hmm. and so anything outside of our experience, we just kind of like push to the side, you know, um, like just the 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 foundations of faith like just the if we work through the list of the things that we would call ourselves followers of jesus because of these things Mm -hmm. the the trinity being one father son holy spirit one god um the virgin birth where this young girl heard that she was going to carry the messiah and it wasn't through human it wasn't through a sexual relationship it was it says the Holy Spirit came upon her and conceived um, the the Messiah, which is like, how can we explain that? Well, it's, we can't because it's never been repeated. It's like the one and done mm-hmm. in history. Well, then you think about miracles, um, where a lame person that was born blind or born not able to walk, and Scripture says that they got up and walked, mm-hmm. or they could see. Th- those things are not explained, and so we want— we think, oh, those are anomalies. We're going to put those in this little box, and we're going to set them over here on the shelf, and we're not going to really unpack them because I can't explain it. 
well, if we can't, if there, if we could explain our faith and if we could explain Christianity, we're really, it's really a, a human thing. It's not a supernatural thing. And so wow. the supernaturals not a, not able not able to explain. That's why we keep searching and keep looking and keep asking questions and keep finding and and, and God Jesus himself said knock and you'll find. You know, um look for me and you'll find me. Um ask questions and I'll open it up to you. And so I think some of the deep mysteries of the follower of Jesus a lot of people don't experience it because they've never taken the time to really seek those deep things. And here's what's like, there's, there's an even darker side to trying to get to a place where we can wrap our minds around faith and the way that God works in our lives and in the lives of people around us Mm -hmm. is almost like, uh, you know, taking, taking first Corinthians again, they use that as like a, like you said, a badge or a marker that they were in. And I think humanity not only is drawn to proving that they're in, but having a way to prove that others are out. <laughs> and 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 yeah. like you you throw in this idea of evangelism hmm. and sometimes we take it to the point where we are looking for who's out and ways to prove that they're out so that we can justify our or fulfill our desire to feel like we're doing mm. a good thing by it whether you use the word disciple or mentor or you know helping someone along in their journey i don't care how you frame it up telling people like, what to do and they listen yeah like you're <laughs> you're kind of like in a spiritual and, boss and there's you just have to be really careful because if not we end up looking like the church of galatia where they just wanted to put notches in their belt and say mm. these are my disciples mm. and instead of pointing people toward jesus and allowing god to do the work the spirit to do the work in a person's life to yep. transform their heart we try to take control of the transformation and the timeline in which that transformation takes place. Yep. And that's just, it's such a hard thing because as humans, we often, I think a majority of our lives, we operate by what we can see and understand. And we want to be, I think it's a natural thing. I don't think that anyone's doing it per se maliciously, but the, the, the results end up being fairly destructive, not only for our own lives, but the people of our lives around us, because people hitch their faith to Mm. a certain tenet that they hold to, or a certain um, belief system that they hold to, instead of hitching their faith to Jesus, and they teach others to do the same thing. Yeah. Well, and if you look through the Gospels, that's what Jesus was most... If he had any enemies, it was those religious leaders that had come to a level of knowledge and they knew what they knew, and they judged everyone else based on what they knew, and it had nothing to do with their hearts, and nothing to do with their emotions mm-hmm. or their attitude. It had nothing to do with their service. They just knew the right things. And so, and that's the the scary part of when you talk about spiritual gifts or the work of the Holy Spirit is that it's not quantifiable outside of one thing, which mm-hmm. is love. And yeah. so Paul himself, you know, kind of to land this section of the the plane is that Paul himself said, I've spoken the gifts of, or I've spoken the tongues of angels, and I've done all sorts of good works, and I've done them in Jesus' name. And yet, if I have no love, 
it's really just a bunch of noise. It's a, mm -hmm. he said it was a loud gong or clashing cymbals. And I don't know if you've been in a band room where the, the kids grab those cymbals and just beat them and like clang them. It really gives you a headache and it really hurts your mind. There's no beautiful music happening there. And really what Paul is saying is that the gift of the spirit or the gifts of the spirit can all be measured in love. And if you're just checking a list or have a list of things you know, and you say, I know these things, therefore I'm right. You don't know these things, so you're wrong. He says that's just noise. And he said it's more important to love. It's more important to lay your life down for those around you. And so I think in the context of our of the church, in the context of um, you know, followers of Jesus, it's not necessarily how much we know, it's how much we love and how much well, we serve through that love. Jesus himself said before he left his disciples, he said people will know that you are my disciples yep. by one thing. He yep. didn't say by how much you know, by how much you do, by how many good works you have to add to your resume. Yep. He said, by the way, you love one another. Yep. And that's it. So the world, a watching world is drawn to the way and will be drawn and know that our identifier is love. Yep. And that's it. I mean, like he didn't he didn't make any clarifying statements outside of that. Um, he said, This is how the world will know that you are my disciples, by the way you love one another. And it seems like if you if you don't if you're an achiever and if you like to do, you're mm -hmm. a doer, like yep. a lot of us are. Like me, yeah. Then it's unsettling because you don't have a list to check off. And so, and so that's why it's be supernatural. That's why we need the Spirit's help and power. Mm -hmm. um, and that's why when we exercise the gifts that God's given us, we really have to keep going back to love. Because we've, we've, yeah. we've all met people that know the right things. They even do the right things, and yet they're bitter, they're cranky. You don't want to be around them. <laughs> you know, they're just, mm -hmm. they're unloving people. And, and in the end, it's unhealthy. Um, healthy is driven by love, right? Mm -hmm. So we, we may not know all the answers. We may not even get to the end of the discussion ever about what's right and wrong and what's here and what's not here and what the church needs or doesn't need. Thank goodness we're not the, we're not building the body of Christ. Christ is, you know, mm -hmm. he's the one perfecting his body. We're not. And what we're going to try to do, it's a longer process, I think, um, when you don't have some instruction to give someone other than trust Jesus and love, it seems longer but when decisions are made in the church, they're sure long-lasting because it has to do with the spirit, not with the person. Mm -hmm. And so you can yeah. you can count on someone longer when they follow Jesus and actually do it in love, everything in love. So, yeah, that's good. I think one of the most uh, moving on maybe to a, a different thought or idea. Um, one of the most powerful statements that you made yesterday was that there are no spare parts in the church. Yeah. I man when you when you explain that and I don't know if it's just because I have a junk drawer <laughs> yeah. but I'm the dude. I yeah. I follow the instructions and I probably have a, f a few less spare parts than a lot of people who don't follow the directions, but right. Almost always a package comes with spare parts because if you break something or snap a screw or whatever they Companies will throw in a couple extra. <clears throat> you However, <throat> yeah, you hope <laughs> some some companies some don't throw in less so that you can't even yeah, finish your project. Like, no, yeah. Um, 
but I have a junk drawer and I have spare parts and I only pull them out when I need them. Yeah. And so I think a lot of people operate that way because they feel like, what do I have to offer? I'm just, I'm relegated to the junk drawer and I'm not super, I don't really have anything to offer the church or people. Um, and so I'm just going to sit here and do, do nothing until, until somebody gives me a reason. And that's where I think seeking Mm. the gifts actually matters a whole lot because if you don't know what it is, right. Seeking. Well, all of us can, can go to the church or our church family or a small group, whatever in and say, who is the, let's just ask in the room, is there anybody here with any kind of, you know, uh, physical ailment, like a, a sickness? And then asking God in that moment for that person to be healed is actually desiring a good gift that's going to help in that moment. Well, then you're in your group or in your church, you find out someone has a financial need. God, would you give us the gift of generosity in order to be able to fulfill this need? And I think it's a little easier to accomplish than what we actually give it credit for because hmm. it's simply seeking the needs that are there and then asking God to fulfill them. And many times, just like what he did with his disciples, he said, he says, pray for the Lord of the harvest harvest because the harvest is plentiful. And then he turned around and sent them. The very ones that prayed about the harvest, he sent them. Mm-hmm. And, and that's really what happens many times in the church is if you'll look for it and if you'll ask questions and you'll be curious, the needs will be there and then God provides in order for that need to be fulfilled. Uh, whether so maybe it's healing or whatever. That's a that's <clears throat> an interesting way to or perspective to see that from. And maybe we've talked about this before in the podcast of like, I'll pray for you. And really what we're saying is, man, I hope somebody meets your needs. But instead of, I wonder if we would pray more in the direction of, God, would you, would you use me to meet this need? And would you grant me the gifts and the resources to be able to meet this need? Then we would see things from a different perspective. Instead of praying as if it's some far off thing, right? like if everyone took personal responsibility and said, God, is there a part that I need to play in this? Is there a part, like whether it's a financial need or whether it's a, a healing need or whether it's a encouragement, uh, encouragement or <clears throat> bringing somebody out of like the, the a, a pit of despair, like yeah. actually wondering and being curious, man, God, maybe this is brought to light in my life because you have, and maybe I'm not the only piece to the puzzle, but maybe you want me to play a part in this person's wholeness and whether that's financial and getting them to a better financial place. And maybe that doesn't even mean necessarily, um, giving financially if you're not in that place to do it, but to maybe share how God has worked in your finances and actually making yourself available and offering, um, wisdom when it comes to those kinds of things. And so instead of saying, man, I'm going to pray that God sends somebody to take care of that for you. I'm going to pray that God would show me what part I need to play in meeting this need. And that's why it's important for all of us to be humble to be to understand that the supernatural or the spiritual mm-hmm. affects 
even what we don't quite understand. Yeah. So whether it's a like wisdom, uh, service, advice, um, simply praying for that person that God would intervene through someone else. You know what I'm saying? It's like I think there we we don't want to underestimate the power of the Spirit at work in this world. If that if his job is to bring the parts to the body that he desires, that he is going to make the body whole, that he is going to purify the body, then then we trust him and just walk through the process because every little piece that he leads us to do, mm-hmm. and if we'll actually be sensitive to it, even even someone that pops in your head and you send him a text or you call him and say, mm-hmm. hey, you've been on my mind, that's a, that's a supernatural thing where you're simply asking God to lead you to care for people and show mercy, you know, mm-hmm. so it's real good. Hey, we got to wrap up our podcast because... Um, I have meetings after meetings, but there's one thing I wanted to get to before we um, wrap up. Oh. So I created a little jingle for our Let's go. our section. So we're going to start it, and then we'll ask. I am the greatest. <laughs> Somebody stop me. I did not have, did not have. And now, the rest of the story. You don't know Jack. Wagon. That's so good. Yes. All right, so the real, the reveal, the reveal of our you don't know Jack wagons. wagons. So, can you name the people that said those things in the intro? Do you uh, know? Were you? Yeah. Did Mr. they all resonate? Yeah, Mr. T was one of them. Oh yeah, Mr. T. The mask was one yeah. of them. Yeah. Uh, Somebody stop me. <laughs> was uh oh, was one of them uh President Bush? No. It was a president, but not Bush. Oh, dude, it sounded like Bush. I did not. I did not. <laughs> He's from Arkansas. And I actually did the little mur, mur, mur over top of it because what he said, oh. I'm not going to put it on the podcast. Bill Clinton. Clinton. Bill Clinton. Yeah. Okay. Yep. That makes that that makes sense to you. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Okay. What about the very first one? Uh, I am the greatest. You know who said that? I, I am, am the greatest. You know, I don't know. I don't think I knew that one. Floating like a butterfly, stinging like a bee. Oh, um, oh, uh, slips me. What Muhammad is Ali. Oh, man. Okay. So, and then the very last That's one, the not the last, last one. That was me. But the pre-last one. Do you know who that was? The rest of the story? I don't know that one either. Oh, Ruben, that's disappointing. I know. I'm sorry. I'm you don't sorry. know Jack, Jack Wagons. Wagons. Yes, this is a <laughs> good Paul way to Harvey. start it. Because that's I Paul don't. Harvey. Uh, and now you know the rest of the story. So when I was growing up, man, that's like oh, you got to okay. hear Paul, Har- Paul Harvey. As often as he came on the radio, you know, the old radio. So, mm. And what about the moon landing? Did you get that one? <laughs> no. One small step for mankind. Oh, I didn't even hear that. One giant leap for mankind. I didn't even hear that. You one. didn't? Dude, no. that was like the longest one in the thing. Come on. It was. Was it in the background? Like a No, was it was it like in the middle section, which was no, it was just all by itself. I was just so overwhelmed. One I, really small really step the main one that stuck out to me was uh Mr. T and then the mask. Yeah. I was like 
taken back. Somebody yeah, stop me. <laughs> <laughs> oh, so, man. anyway. Do you have good. any, uh, you don't know, Jack wagons for me? Because um, I, uh, I just thought I'd ask you if you knew who all those people were. <laughs> yeah, that was, yeah, I didn't, <clears throat> I didn't know Jack about some of those people. Um, I had one, but I lost it. What was it that I was, oh, this, I'm going to put a dis- disclaimer on this, but we were talking with our students last night. We're actually going through, um, talking with them about sexual integrity mm. and, uh, this, the communicator said that one of the reasons that Paul says sex is like a sin against your own body is, did you know what it released? Uh, let me ask you this. Do you know what it releases in, in your body and what it could be compared to? Sex. Uh-huh. I know endorphins and yeah, endorphins. dopamine. Do- and yeah. All that stuff. Which is the same as, which Drugs. maybe I don't know, Jack. Yes. Yeah. It's, it's like the same. It's like a hit. It's yeah. It's an it's an addiction. That's why we talked about last that, time when you when you're tempted and then you actually fulfill the temptation for a little while. You're like disappointed in yourself. You're regretful. Yeah. But then it builds back up where you need that next release. Mm. So very interesting. Yeah, that is interesting. Yeah. Mm. So I I guess I I mean it makes sense, but that's why it's so one of those things that is meant to be experienced in the way that God intended it, because it can really in a covenant relationship in a safe place. Yeah. Yeah, I could really jack you up. So that's good. Anyways, that's good. So you don't know Jack wagons. Wagons. All right. All right. Well, cool, man. Well, let's wrap this thing up. I'm going to hit our little extra music, outro music, not extra, extra music. That's it. See, we can make up words because we extra. I like it. Let's, let's, let's coin a new phrase. Why not? Extra. Not extroverted. Music. Not extroverted or extro whatever. Extrapolate. No, but it's extro music. <laughs> That's what I'm gonna do. I'm gonna find some just Random outrageous word. word and be like, do you know what blue means? That'd be good. Actually, that'd be really good. So That's it. Well, this is the Rabbit Hole Ramble. My name's Dre. And I'm Ruben. And this is a podcast where we say the quiet part out loud. So much easier when we're in person. We're back and peace. We have headphones that we can hear each other. Yeet! And the outro went out even (laughs) further, and yet, yeet. (laughs) Peace. (laughs) All right.